So today, what do we have, George? Today, will you do the introduction yourself? Because that was uh, an invitation that you did. Of course, uh, I'm friends with uh, our guest today for a lot of time uh, on Facebook, but I never had the chance to talk to him. And I'm really pleased that I did so yesterday when we did a little bit of a trial because he seems a very interesting and very witty person. I can judge that, you know, by just chatting with him for a bit. You are absolutely right, but before I have this introduction, I'll tell you a small anecdote and story about this before. Let me tell you that, you know, every time we have um, a non-English speaking song, you know, my, mother's, my, my, my mind starts traveling. So I think music right now, in these difficult times, that's, you know, transporting and traveling and moving from one place to another is so difficult, you know, uh, helps you to create this mental imagery of, of traveling and maybe makes us realize how much we do miss traveling. I want to go to Paris immediately after listening to this song again. Well, to tell you the truth, I've never been to Paris. I've been to other places in France, a lot of places in France, but not in Paris. I think that I, I've kept Paris I don't know why it is somehow in my mind to my mind it is something that i should visit under certain circumstances and definitely the circumstances are not ideal right now so i think i will postpone for a while you should make paris part of your bucket list anyway because it's um it's an amazing destination anyway um let's travel again and today, as Natasha said, from Paris, we will travel down to Middle East, to Saudi Arabia, because we have a very, very special guest. George Corbas is with us today, live from Saudi Arabia. And before I call him in, you know, to join this room, let me just say that I've never met George. I mean, we've never seen each other in person, but we have had regular contact and uh, it's been like quite a while, more than two years now that we have been having discussions about different topics. Um, and of course, we come from the same country, Greece, uh, meeting virtually, uh, having um, uh, people, common acquaintances in a way, uh, a lot in uh, Tissol chats and uh, social media. Uh, so I've never met George, but I have talked him many times so to realize exactly what you have just said Natasha that he's an extremely interesting person and I can tell from his action all over the social media that he's a he's a great professional as well uh, with uh, a lot of action very interesting action and I'm sure today we'll have so many different things to discuss George are you there hi I'm here well I'm in Saudi but virtually I'm everywhere I suppose is that Riyadh or are you in any other city? Yeah, I'm, I'm in Riyadh. I'm in the capital of Saudi Arabia. Fantastic. Um, I know that you are an academic, that you're working for a university, but in order to start, I would like, you know, to give you, I, I would like you to give us the your title, your official job title. Right. So um, primarily, thank you for inviting me. I think it's a great pleasure to be here. And as you said, I don't know, um, I've never personally met both of you, but I know you through social media and through interactions. And um, most likely we met somewhere, but maybe we didn't know each other. So um, 
in Saudi, I've been working at a Saudi private university, and um, I started as an English instructor when I came here nine years ago. It seems like yesterday, but it's been nine years. And gradually, I moved on to the College of Humanities and Teacher Development, where I currently direct the Teaching Learning Professional uh, Development Center at Ali Yamama University in Riyadh. Fantastic. Give us a little bit of Saudi, give us a little bit of Riyadh during these difficult times and maybe you can uh, tell our listeners, because we didn't have this opportunity to discuss with you during the pandemic, how was um, uh, the whole thing uh, regarding maybe remote learning or teaching throughout the pandemic in spring and how is it now? Right. So I think we followed the international trend and we virtually uh, turned online in, I think it was 24 hours, something like 24 hours. Actually, it's a funny story because I was in Greece for the Tissot Greece convention in March. Then I landed here in the morning of Monday, I believe. And then after three, four hours, the airports closed. So I think I, I quite made it on time to be back to Saudi Arabia. Um, we <laughs> sorry we did have a good response i believe um as you may know the, in the middle east and especially saudi arabia is a country that is very much technologically advanced with that it means you know like students or in general resident citizens have electronic devices they may not have the know-how in a sense like they may not be able to use those for educational purposes but we did we had a good start, which means that we, we, there was not a lot of digital divide in regards to um, students, teachers, parents, everybody involved having the equipment. What we struggled a little bit, I think, and this is where I came into play for my universities, uh, educating our faculty about online teaching. Um, I've done some online teaching before uh not full classes i mean i've been a student i've taught remotely but i never had the experience of teaching you know my courses at the university online so that was a first for me so it was actually quite interesting that i had to you know prepare um training material for all our faculty and we're talking about more than 100 faculty members um overnight pretty much uh but we made it it was a little bit bumpy and rough in the spring semester but it actually moved. It moved um, smoothly in the summer semester, and now in the spring, in the sorry, in the fall, it's been going on much more better. So our faculty members are prepared, and something that I have to say also is that um, our students are prepared because we have run different kinds of workshops and uh, informational sessions for our students. Because we always say, you know, we need to educate the teachers, but. Um, I'm a firm believer that we need to, to um, educate the students as well. And in other, because the, the, the university that I work belongs to a larger learning um, entity. We also have um, the Namutajia schools in Saudi Arabia, which means that also parents got involved. So as this has evolved the whole community, I think it has been kind of like a holistic approach to getting all the parties involved. And I think we did a, good, a really good job I think, you know, you nailed it in a way because um, the triangle that you have just described of, of students, teachers and parents are the triangle that we should all have in mind 
when we talk about remote learning. And I, I think you also, that's that's really good point. Uh, in the beginning, we got so excited only to train the teachers and students and parents in a way they were left behind or even, you know, sometimes ignored. Um, but th that's great. That's really great. And shall I assume now that you are 100% remote uh, online or is are there any face-to-face -face classes as well? So you have to um, understand that lots of, not lots of, um, Saudi Arabia and most of the Gulf countries, they have to follow the instructions from the Ministry of Education. So although we are uh, a private entity, all our regulations are governed by the Ministry of Education. So the Ministry of Education has um, mentioned that all classes have to be online, but it gave some specific um, exceptions for practical classes. So for example, if you have, as we have the College of Engineering and you have design courses or labs like physics or chemistry, only those practical elements, which are, you know, very few classes compared to the all the classes that we run at the university, those have been approved to be run face to face. Of course, with all the precautions and, you know, masks and uh, sanitization and temperature taking and all of these um, precautions that we must take. That's excellent, uh, George. And uh, I had the chance to talk to you a little bit about the everyday life uh, there. And you said that uh, you somehow feel worried because, you know, not many uh, measures are being taken into consideration as far as the kids and the students or generally you mentioned yesterday. Right. So I think that the, actually the government has done a very good um a very good job informing and enforcing somehow the measures. But you know, it all comes down to the everyday situations that you go out, you see people maybe not wearing a mask or, you know, not taking the, the I was gonna say six foot or two meter distance. So that makes life a little bit more challenging. So, you know, um, I don't think I'm going out so much as I used to. It's not that I don't want to, it's just that it's better to be safe than sorry. Because, you know, from what I read and everything, it's not that you might get, you know, affected from the virus. It's maybe what you may go through or what sort of problems you may leave to your health in general. So I want to be safe rather than sorry. That's, that's absolutely true. And uh, I wanted to ask you, how many years have you been there uh, working in Saudi Arabia? It's my ninth year here. Wow, that's too many years. Do you like it there? Bob? I mean, uh, what what is it that you particularly like in comparison to life in Greece and teaching life in Greece, especially? Right. So it's a different kind of context, I think. So before I left Greece, I used to work at Diri. So I didn't change a lot in, in a sense that I used to teach English there and I, I teach English here. But uh, what I found to be, you know, um, more interesting here is that you can do different kinds of things that maybe I wasn't able to do back in Greece. So like to, in terms of promotions, in terms of projects, in terms of, you know, traveling through with work and so on and so forth. So there are more opportunities, I think, than what they were back in Greece. Um, so that's actually what uh, was interesting to me. And I actually came here to stay for a year. And as I said, that's my ninth one. So it has to be good, right? <laughs> 
Yes, I'm sure that you would be back so far if you didn't like it. Although the situation is a bit strange and different, and um, as far as we are concerned, because you know the temperament of Greek people, I believe that somehow you must feel restricted, and not only because of the pandemic. Am I right? Or do I have a totally wrong picture? <laughs> Right. So um, it is a totally different culture, of course. It's a different culture. It's a different civilization. It's a different mindset. But it's not most likely what you're thinking, because I guess I had the same idea before I came here. Uh, you know, the typical thing that people think of Saudi Arabia is camels and oil or that people have oil in their backyard. Well, it's not. <laughs> um, they're actually we might say that the Greek temperament or the Greek, you know, uh, Kefi, as we say in Greek, is is unique, but there are different um, different elements of kefi and different elements of you know people going out here and you know enjoying life and enjoying and doing all sorts of things, and it has changed over the years. So the Saudi Arabia that I came in 2011, 2012, with Saudi Arabia in 2020 now is completely different. Is things have opened up um, in in a sense that they're more uh, accepting of uh, different cultures different religions different you know mindsets tourism before the pandemic was a huge opening of tourism a visa on arrival pretty much including greece other 40 countries this has stopped of course due to the pandemic but i'm sure it's going to pick up right after so That's excellent, George. Um, also, apart from you being a frontline teacher and very much involved into teaching actively, I, I, I have seen uh, that you are very actively involved in training and international conferences. And I have um, uh, noticed that uh, there was a, a conference online, Tishol Gulf, uh, or am I mistaken? Would you like to tell us more about this? Your, your action right. regarding... Um, Uh, conferences in the Gulf region. Right. So I think Tissot Gulf was kind of a, a product of the pandemic because it is an, um, something that has actually started in the state of Kuwait in January of 2020 um, with some uh, events throughout the year. But then it really picked up during the pandemic because there was a need for professional development in the Gulf. And although there are some associations that are active in the area, there wasn't something that was um, for about the whole region. So maybe there are, you know, individual associations for the countries, but nothing was there to cover the whole area. So this is something that actually helped the association. And I'm currently one of the um, TESOL Gulf interim board members. We have five more. And actually, we're going to have elections in, in a month. Uh, you will get more information, of course, on Facebook and our uh, website. So, um, But that's something that, as I said, it came because of the pandemic, and it's actually a good, uh, a good product of it. Are you planning any new conferences? Virtually, I think there's a conference every day, George. <laughs> If you look up <laughs> online, there's a conference every day, Absolutely. Uh, which is good for one perspective. But something that I want to um, to stress. And I've been saying that a lot is just because everything is out there and everything is free, just don't be tempted to attend to attend everything or you don't have to attend everything. Make certain that what you're attending is done by professionals, by people that know 
the content and know the philosophy and pedagogy because something that I have noticed and I've been discussing with colleagues from around the world actually is that everybody can talk about tools. So I can talk about how to use Kahoot, how to use Quizlet, how to use Padlet, how to use all of those. But I think we're beyond that point right now. We're beyond the tools. Uh, we are. We need to understand how online pedagogy works. I mean, I I have I, I'm I'm actually taking a course right now, which is you know I'm learning as well because I've done my homework, but I also want to get some formal education because I hadn't because there was no need in the past. I've taken call class when I did my master's in 2007, but from 2007 until 2020, things have shifted and changed and improved, I suppose. So this is what I was going to um, ask all of our listeners. Uh, just make certain that what you're attending is um, something that you actually need, first of all. And then it's from a person that you know or a person that you can read their bio online. Don't just go to every online event. Now, from our side, we're um, uh, organizing events with TESOL Golf in October, as I said more information will come on Facebook. Then we're organizing also events with TESO International, the ANPC, where I'm currently the chair, the Affiliate Network Professional Council, 120 associations around the world. We have different kinds of events. And of course, my alma mater, TESOL Greece, is going online in March. I'm certain you all got the emails and Facebook posts. So I would also encourage people to submit their proposals for the TESOL Greece um, online conference in March. Okay, well, George, while you know, dealing with the fact that you don't have uh, oil in your backyard, and that was something that I, I thought it was really tempting for every teacher around the world. So I think I will postpone my, my plans to move to Saudi for the time being, because that was a strong asset. And I'm joking. Uh, I agree. <laughs> Of course, yes. So I agree uh, that we shouldn't be going online in whatever we see online because, you know, it's what happens, the reality that has uh, uh, already uh, been shaped because of the pandemic is that everyone can actually have access to anything like a presentation or a conference or showing the tools or uh, sharing experiences and so on. But that doesn't mean that anyone, everyone should do that. Um, what I mean by that is that the, the fact that, you know, technology always gives us access, but that doesn't mean that we all know how to use it correct and how to not overuse it so that we lead everyone, teachers and students to a quicker burnout. Um, right. Let's, you know, also let's take into consideration the fact that uh, we are behind a screen and that mm -hmm. alone is totally very tiring. Not you know to what? mention the fact that we, we have to, you know, wear masks for so many hours within the right. day. Um, Natasha, that's very interesting and thank you for reiterating to that. What I always give as an example is we all know how to cook, right? We can all have the same ingredients, but we can all not make the same, the same plate, the same food. So this is how you should see online education at this moment. That everybody has the material, everybody has all the ingredients they need, but it doesn't mean that all of them can create the same kind of food, the same, the same plate. 
Yeah, I wanted to mention that because, you know, we all have access to Zoom and Skype and everything, and we believe that we can do it. Whereas uh, in the past, you had to be invited, you had to have some kind of submission uh, worth uh, seeing, worth seeing one, actually, um, you know, a suggestion as to what you're going to present. Whereas now, I can just go live on Facebook or on Instagram, and I can create something like a presentation or a mini conference for me only. So that's not the case. We have to distinguish between all those things. Yeah, I totally agree. Of course, and you know, I would like to stress again what George has just said, that it's now all this battle goes beyond the tools. We all know how to use Quizlet, Zoom. We know, you know, we know where to find the content, but you know, it's more like connecting now, right now with the students and connected in a completely different environment, which is the digital one, the remote one, the one of the flipped classroom, which requires maybe a more advanced sort of knowledge. And yes, let's call in the experts. And um, I, I will totally agree with George. We ha I have to be very careful with the conferences to attend, the webinars, everything that should be given by people who know or at least they are practitioners that may want to share some experience. So to gain you know, precious and valuable knowledge that is going to be useful. I think that's right and everybody agrees. And um, I don't want people to take that my comment as negative. I mean, I'm always keen on having and I do when I organize conferences or presentations, I want pe new people, new presenters, and there are wonderful programs and mentoring programs, one from TESOL Africa, for example, that are going to mentor female teachers from Africa how to present online. It doesn't mean that because somebody's not an expert, they cannot present, but you can have a student like TEFL students presenting, or you can have practitioners presenting, or you can have what was your experience with online teaching. That is perfectly fine. It's just what I'm trying to say is that if you want an expert to talk about, um, to give their expertise, you should invite them and maybe be a little careful with the content and what do you want from them. Well, I loved uh, all kind of the, all you know all this information that you, you you decided to provide us with today. Uh, I don't know, George. Would you like uh, George Kokolas? Would you like to ask something more, or are you fully covered? I'm fully covered. Uh, we must say we must say this that once we announced that they're going to have George Corbas here, there were so many positive reactions on Facebook. Uh, you have a, a very uh, wide, big fan club, George, all over the world. Thank you, George. And uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I always try to be as helpful as I can. You know, I get messages on my Facebook. I've done lots of professional development. I've helped and supported. And I always want to give a chance because I was given a chance. I don't know everything. I'm not educated in everything, but I always try to learn and I always try to do, you know, to support, especially um, incoming teachers, pre-service teachers, new teachers. And because of all the conferences and everything you've said at the beginning of this program that, you know, I've attended conferences in many different places in the world, especially with TESOL and so on. I do have the connections. I know people and I will invite them. I will incorporate them in a in a conference. It's um, something that I'm good at. I'm good at at, at what I do. Um, but I I'm thankful and um, I I try to support 
um, a lot of people through my actions and my professional development, either that I do or others do for bodies that I represent. And I want to thank everybody, especially you two, and also everybody that's on Facebook and supported this action and other actions that I do. So yes, we have to mention that networking and connecting people of the same field is also a very useful skill for the 21st century skills list. We should include it in our, in our bucket list, I think. We'll let Sofia Mavridi know about this, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Sofia agrees. <laughs> okay, we had, we will have Sofia in the future along with uh, Daniel Xeri. I don't know if you know about their book, The 21st Century Skills. Of and course, of course. Of course, because we have to mention that. Of course, they're both good friends. Sofia from Tissot, Greece, and Daniel from my PhD program in Malta that I attended a couple of months, a couple of summers ago. And I have taken a look at the book digitally, and it looks amazing. I was at the, their presentation the other day. Yeah, and I, that's where I have also met you in person, but we didn't have to chat before. I met Sophia at an IETFL conference, and that's where I, where I met you as well. But of course, we, because you know, you know the fuzz and buzz around the conferences, we didn't have the chance to say a lot of things. So I was really pleased to have you as a guest here at Teachers Coffee. Thank you, George Corbus, and thank you, George Kokolas, for thinking about inviting the other George from uh, the other part of the world, from Saudi. Uh, it was a lovely experience for me. I think George should always be at, uh, in our priority list of guests and, you know, really enjoyed this chat. George, all the best from us. Uh, and I'm sure we're going to repeat this very, very soon. And I hope you now we meet in person as well in one conference or anywhere else. Great. Thank you to both. It has been a pleasure. And thanks to everybody for listening or tuning in or listening to that later. Um, I'm uh, grateful to everybody and I will see you soon, either in a face-to-face -face conference or online. I'm waiting to go back to Greece. Thank you very much, everyone. Bye, George. Thank you. Bye-bye. And of course, since uh, that has been mentioned, you can always listen to our shows after they finish because everything is posted on uh, ELT Teachers Corner page on Facebook and also Teachers Coffee group on Facebook as well. Uh, you can always follow our Mixcloud channel, uh, Teachers Coffee International. You will find uh, a list of the previous shows, but uh, you can be sure that we have everything online so that even if you have missed someone, someone that you're, uh, that you're a fan of, you can always go back to the previous shows and find his interview or her interview. Natasha, I think you should inform the listeners also about the webinars. I know that you have uploaded the last two ones. Let me simply remind our listeners, of course, the one that was mentioned before by Daniel Seri and Sofia Mavridi on 21st Century Skills. That was given last Saturday. It was very, very successful. And uh, I dare say that uh, this recording is precious. It has a lot of new information and a lot of uh, stimuli and, and many, um, how can I say it, uh, new information that can help you read more about the 21st century skills. And the other one that was delivered uh, last Tuesday with uh, Dorothy Zimak and uh, Tammy uh, Gilbert, we have received amazing feedback and these ladies they told me actually people who are experts they they gave like a, a, a manual for passing the TOEFL test 
very very uh, to the point uh, information very much to the point of formation uh, also in these webinars would you like to tell us where we can find them and watch them again well yes uh, you can always visit the site not on facebook because you know many people actually um get confused when we mention teachers corner uh teachers corner is actually a site so you have to to um write the url www.teachers-corner.co.uk and when you actually visit the site you will find on the navigation bar a section which is called webinars if you click on that section, you will have to, to register, of course, and then you will immediately be directed to a link with a password that you can use and you can have access to all previous uh, webinars that Express Publishing has already organized. Superb. And before saying goodbye, maybe you want to give us a teaser for your guest uh, next uh, week. Well, uh, my my guest, uh, actually, uh, the next week's guest is a girl that I've known like forever. We we were classmates at some point, attending English lessons and so on. Uh, we happen to live quite close to each other. I won't tell you more because I will upload everything, and I want to keep you know this element of surprise. But I'm sure that you you're going to find it really interesting because she is creating quite a lot of nice stuff for English teachers and I'm very pleased that I will have Hrisa that's the only thing I can say so far um, at uh, Teachers Coffee um, so George I think it's uh, about to say it's time to say goodbye or not uh, until next time yeah thank you very much for being all here again and see you next week see you next Friday again next Friday don't forget our appointment